1: Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for tuning back into the show. Uh, Starting this week, I'm going to do a three-episode series on different kinds of impairments in the studio. And that was uh, basically the idea of my guest this week, Brandon Downs. Brandon is blind in one eye. And still makes a living as a body piercer. And Brandon uh, hasn't always been blind to one eye. It was from a traumatic injury a few years ago. And we talk about what it was like going from being full sighted to having partial sight, some of the different challenges with things like depth perception and, you know, marking symmetrical piercings, different kinds of piercings that can be challenging even for full sighted piercers. And just kind of talking about. The, the different kinds of skills that Brandon had to develop. So Brandon was already piercing for years and working towards certain goals like um, minimal tools and uh, inside out piercings, freehand piercings, things like that, then had the injury, took some time off from piercing to to heal and to kind of build the, the self-confidence back up and got into it and realized, you know, had he had to adapt his techniques and try some different, uh, some input from other piercers and got a good amount of help and inspiration from other piercers that have visual impairments. And we just kind of talk about some of the different things that goes into uh, being adaptable like that. And it's it's really cool to hear some of the different parallels between Brandon as an experienced piercer and then having to relearn certain skills and abilities and a lot of different parallels to the the newer piercers that are getting into it now, you know, exploring different kinds of techniques, uh, different ways to practice and, and kind of build up the skills kind of taking a step back as someone who's an experienced piercer and having to relearn some of the the foundational parts of of your technique. So really interesting talk. And, uh, you know, Brandon also gave me the idea to maybe talk to a few other different kinds of people in the industry with different kinds of impairments. So uh, on next week's episode, I'm going to be talking to Marie Fowler from Scotland about uh, hearing impairments, and then I'm going to be talking to someone about some physical impairments, uh... how those can make work a little bit more challenging uh... different things you might have to do to make uh... to make it a little bit easier for you to you know give the best to clients so with the the visual impairments sometimes it's going to be slowing down the whole process taking more time for marking all those things auditory impairments it's going to be more customer positioning you know do you have someone on your your good side your bad side physical impairments it's going to be You know, are are there points where you you have to work from a seated position? Is it more difficult to work if you have to kind of bend over a client? A lot of piercers tend to hunch when they pierce. So it's going to be a a couple of weeks, three different episodes. We're going to be talking about different kinds of impairments. Uh, Sometimes I'm going to reference it as disability, and and that's really going to be based on who I'm talking to that week and and their comfort zone for uh, terminology and things like that. But we can also call it uh, impairments of different kinds. So you know, I think that'll be an interesting series, and I want to thank Brandon for giving me the idea to uh, to to do this on the show. Uh, keep in mind that I will uh, issue a bit of a, a trigger warning for this week's episode. There will be a point where Brandon and I talk about the the injury he sustained to his eye. So if you are sensitive to hearing about uh, physical injury you might want to skip this interview or just, uh, you know, skip ahead a little bit once we start talking about it in the episode. It'll be kind of obvious when we do. Uh, it's nothing gory, but, you know, it does involve uh, an, an injury that led to blindness in that eye. Uh, things for me, I'm, I'm really burnt out. Uh, getting ready for the APP conference uh, was one thing, but, you know, throwing in the Boston Tattoo Convention shortly before that, and then all the other trips that I've been booking over the last few months, they're all kind of starting to... You know, happen all through April, you know, and, and APP conferences in May, and I still have to finish classes and do prep and all, all this stuff, and it's it's grinding me down pretty hard. So, you know, after conference, don't be shocked if I have to maybe take a short hiatus from the show, or maybe, you know, dial it down a little bit instead of weekly, maybe a, a handful of episodes a month or something like that, but i uh, got to take care of the Ryan to be able to make it through. And, uh, it, it's just been a little bit tough lately, juggling everything, all the flights and hotels and booking stuff and just trying to keep track of everything. So I think I need to take a little bit of, uh, mental health focus, dial it back just a little bit. Uh, You know, I've, I've got some more classes still kind of coming down the pipeline. The wheels are already in motion for Dallas and for Amsterdam in July. So I know that those will probably be happening. And, uh, might take a little bit more time off after that August and just kind of, chill out a little bit, you know, maybe no additional work things, and it's tough when you have to kind of like stack and stack and stack, but then you realize that everything starts to line up around the same period of time, so over the course of the next four to six weeks, I've got, you know, four to six different work things and trips and whatever, so it's just a lot to manage right now, and I'm trying to do the the best I can to keep myself sane, so let's get into this week's episode with Brandon Downs, and I'll be back a little bit after that.
0: My name is Brennan Downs, one of the piercers over at Sink or Swim Tattoo in St. Charles, Illinois. My Instagram is Brennan Downs Body Piercer, and that's basically the best way to find me. I do have a website, which is Brennan-Downs.com. I'm not on Facebook or anything like that anymore, so Instagram is the place to go. Uh,
1: I, I feel like the whole, n- not to like go off topic or anything, but I feel like the whole not on Facebook anymore is becoming really common for body piercers. I know... Brian Thomas from Born This Way is leaving Facebook. Uh, a handful of other piercers. I'm going to actually talk with Aaron Solomon um, later on today about, you know, that and a couple other things. But, uh, you know, again, not to run off topic, but, like, why do you want to leave Facebook? Because I, I kind of know why you'd want to leave Facebook. It's kind of the same reason why I kind of want to leave Facebook. But in your own words, like, why is Facebook not really a priority for you anymore?
0: Um, I, It's funny because I had just listened to the podcast you did with uh brian yesterday i believe Mm -hmm. um and you guys hit it on a lot of the like the things you discussed but yeah it's facebook becomes addicting and for me i noticed that when i'm on facebook you know for the longest time i'd make awesome posts like hey you know basically like positive things saying you know piercers do this you know you guys are doing awesome and then slowly but surely, it became almost like shit posting all the time. And then I just noticed, like, I was posting things where I'm just like, that's not me. So then, like, my, even my wife was like, you know, you've been posting some pretty crappy things lately. I'm like, yeah, I think maybe it's time I step back a little bit and, like, you know, take a minute just to kind of let my mental health kind of do its thing. And since I've been off, it's been great. Uh, it is hard, though, because, like... Your, your thumbs want to be typing sure um posting so i find myself scrolling instagram more often now and doing other things too obviously aside from like social media i mean being on my phone and you know taking pictures of jewelry at the shop and kind of stuff like that so i don't know social media can be good if you know how to use it me lately i haven't known how to use it so figured it was best to step away from there for a little bit
1: yeah, it makes sense. I, you know, I'm I'm crazy addicted to my phone. Yeah, sure, it's I scroll on Instagram, but it also, you know, I'm on Facebook constantly and Snapchat constantly and emails and it's never ending. So, you know, it, it totally makes sense um I would like to maybe transition my Facebook page into just like a personal page and not a work page and just say okay, if you have a work question call the shop during business hours you know I, I think another problem with with Facebook for body piercers is it makes you on the job 24-7 and that really stresses me out and after a while you just you you don't want to do your customer service correctly because you're dealing with so much like industry bullshit
0: 24-7 yeah between yeah, Instagram Facebook emails i mean, I, my Facebook I've kept more just through piercers and personal so I wasn't really dealing with the customers on that end um, I usually deal with like Instagram and then we have an awesome counter person who deals with a lot of that for us. But you do get customers who'll contact you through, you know, Instagram, whatever. And yeah, as you're just constantly on there answering questions and yeah. Phone in your hand all day I've I'm noticing is not good for your health.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna try to take baby steps like you know, just delete the uh, the Facebook icon from the home page on my phone. you know that yeah. that's what I had to do to curb my like horrible um, Amazon prime addiction. Like I would constantly just be like, yeah, sure, add to my cart, Bam. you know, and then I looked at my credit card bill at the end of the month and it's like, I spent a thousand dollars on Amazon like in a month, like how is that possible? You know, just buying crap. So I think it's kind of gonna be the same thing for Facebook with me, just kind of out of sight, out of mind where I don't want to be on there every 10 minutes checking other people's bullshit. Like, yeah, I I love memes and cute pictures of animals and stuff like that, but you can't scroll like as a body piercer, you can't scroll on Facebook for more than five minutes without somebody else's drama kind of making its way into your, your life. And I'm, I'm super sick of that.
0: Yeah, it definitely takes hold. And uh, that was my main reason for stepping back. It was like, Getting myself involved in things that I, I'm just like, hey, I shouldn't even be involved with this. Why am I letting this, you know, take part of my day and fill up my time when I could be doing tons of other things. Like building little model rockets and, <laughs> you know, watching YouTube videos on SpaceX or something. Right. So,
1: Well, I always tell myself there's this list of things that I want to do in my personal life. Hobbies and get more into 3D printing or actually exercise or cook a meal. But nope. You know, Facebook and just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling.
0: I think that's uh that's all part of uh their plan is to suck you in and between Amazon, like you were saying, like how do you spend a thousand dollars on stuff? But that's what they're that they're good at, you right. know.
1: That's their business model is keeping yeah. you glued to your phone. So I get it, I'm gonna try to break the cycle. I don't really think it's gonna go super well for me, but you know, I'll give it a shot.
0: Yeah, that's you know, that's what I tell I've been telling people like you know, at the shop, like, hey, I'm not on the Facebook, and you know, like, well, how do we tag you? I'm like, just Instagram, tag me on there for you know shop stuff.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. So the the reason that we're we're talking today, um, you know, I every now and then I kind of run out of ideas for the show, and I put it out there, you know, oh, if anybody has an idea, if anybody has a plan, and you were one of the people that reached out to me and said that it would be a, a good thing to talk about disabilities in the workplace. Um, but just just a couple things before we get into that is that The correct terminology, like, is it proper for, for someone to refer to it as disability or how would you refer to the topic we're going to be going over? I'm
0: honestly not even sure I've over, I mean, even growing up in a family with people that have like muscular dystrophy and are in wheelchairs, uh, the terms have always changed me. I've always said, you know, somebody with a disability, pretty much like that. Like, I don't like, you know, is it PC? Is it, you know, proper to say it that way? It's so hard to keep track of it. I don't even know. Me, I personally don't care if somebody says, "Oh, you have, you know, you have a visual disability." You know, fine, whatever. Somebody else, maybe not so much. I don't know. I think for for this episode, it should work. If somebody else in our industry, you know, that does have a disability, doesn't like it that way, or you know, if there's a better way to, to say it, I'm all I'm all ears for that. Sure. So.
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is is the intention. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to. Uh offend anyone with terminology or anything like that. But yeah, you know, if you if you find that that terminology uh, inappropriate or incorrect, you know, totally reach out to me. Um but I, I think for now we can we can use the word disability, I think. Yeah, yeah, that should work. All right. So, um you know, if you would define yourself as having a a disability, uh why don't you talk about that a little bit for the people who might not have met you in person yet?
0: So, I actually am half-blind, um, thanks to a little BB gun incident a few years ago. That was July 4th, 2015, uh, watching some fireworks with some friends and family. Some kids that were on a rooftop decided to start shooting BB guns at people. Oh. Um, I was one of the lucky, uh, I think there were seven of us total that got hit with BBs um, that actually had like something you know, actually more serious happen to them. And I think mine was probably the most serious out of all of them. Uh, I was hit in the eye, uh, my left eye. And initially, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, you know, we're watching fireworks. So I'm thinking, you know, firework shrapnel or something, you know, out of the sky hit me in the eye. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they called the ambulance and everything. Once they got in the ambulance, they had the officers that showed up said they seen BBs laying all over the ground. And I, I'm freaking out. Like, what's going on? Like you know, there's BBs on the ground, my eyes injured. Um, and turns out, yeah, it was a BB that hit me in the eye and that caused me to pretty much lose, I'd say about 80 to 90% of my vision in my left eye. Wow. Uh, so now I wear an eye patch to help with my vision and everything. Um, so that's kind of where
1: that started, man. Uh, did they, did they ever get the kids and arrest them?
0: Yes. Um, both kids were actually or well, one of the kids was well, they weren't even kids actually let's that's they were in their 20s like oh, early okay. 20s uh one okay. was a college student one was a local uh kid yeah but yeah they uh they they found one of them the first night pretty much within an hour of it happening he lived in the building that he was uh shooting from he they had uh, roof access from their apartment and everything and um the officers tracked him down pretty quickly. Uh it took a few days I think, maybe about a week for the other one to be tracked down. Uh but they knew who he was pretty much instantly. Um yep, they were arrested, charged, you know, they said jail time, paid restitution, all that kind of stuff. Man. Um
1: so Ugh, I, I so uh h- how long have you been piercing altogether?
0: I started piercing when I was 18. I am 32 now. So, quite a while, Um, and then I did take a little bit of time off there, obviously I had like a two and a half, or about a two year hiatus after the incident, and then I had about a two year hiatus uh, when I joined the military when I was 19.
1: So, well, talk, talk a little bit about how frustrating it must have been, or how challenging it must have been, going from you know, full sight to partial sight in, in, in a job that you were already, you know, years experienced in. You know, like how, what, what kind of changes did you have to make to your technique or maybe your, your setup or, or any of it? What was that like getting back into it after that kind of injury? So
0: the, first, the year that it happened was actually my first year at conference. And I was, you know, really working that year towards APP. I think at that point, like I literally needed a door on my piercing room to actually, you know, apply and everything. So then I went to conference that year, started making, you know, contacts and everything, meeting people, kind of trying to work out guest spots and everything as well. And then that July it happened, and that was pretty much dead stop right there. You know, everything that I had been working for at that point stopped because I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I wasn't at my shop anymore. I wasn't piercing. Um, Basically, it was recovery. And I was recovering probably... About six months where I wasn't working or anything, but I needed to have an income.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And luckily, one of the vape shops I was I was going to at the time was looking to hire somebody, and I had been a regular going in there, you know, every week and everything. And they had offered me a position there, so that was, you know, the job that I was doing, you know, while I figured out what my game plan was for piercing. And I didn't think I'd be able to pierce again. Uh, luckily, other piercers who You know, Tyler Hemmingson, one of them, is also half-blind. He was one of those guys that kind of like, you know, he's seen my depressive post about it and said, hey, dude, I'm half-blind. If I can do this, you can do it. So I kind of like, you know, I listened to what he had to say about it. Um, I still had my concerns. So, you know, those two years I spent working at the babe shop, trying to figure out, you know, how I was going to get back in the piercing because, like, you know, how do you go from – Piercing a certain way to having to change everything, without actually being able to do all that. Uh, luckily, I did find a shop uh, local to me that was looking for a piercer, and I went in, met with them, I explained the situation with me. You know, I said I hadn't been piercing in a couple of years uh, due to the eye in- injury. Then um, I wasn't sure how this was going to work um, or where things would go, and they gave me an opportunity to go in and basically just start piercing, um, and figure things out for my own. The first time I pierced, I was like very nervous. Um, the depth perception is the biggest issue I have. I'm sure. Um, Yeah. You know, figuring out where my needle sits. So it was, it was figuring out how I'm going to place my needle to sit there. Now I know a lot of piercers will like I guess, kind of float their needle over the dot, mm-hmm. um, I really can't do that. So I started doing it where I'll actually drop my needle right on my dot. You know, and the customer will feel that initial little poke there. And I explained, hey, you know, you're going to feel that initial poke. Um, and that gives me an opportunity to make sure that I'm lined up exactly where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And then I can push my needle. But, yeah, like, I mean, figuring out marking and, Seeing things a little bit differently is kind of hard. I've noticed I don't do, I guess, like more intricate ear projects as much now Mm -hmm. Uh, just because it is a little bit harder to see things. Paired nostrils are my biggest fear. Luckily, I haven't had to do them yet, but I'm not stoked on the day that it comes where I have to figure out marking them. Right. Uh, You know, I don't do cheek piercing, so I don't have to worry about the marking on that stuff. But, yeah, paired, like earlobes are a big one. Figuring out how to mark them and everything. Um, luckily, we do have people at the shop that can help me see. Like, I'll mark on my dots and everything, and then they can check and make sure that they're lined up and everything. But, you know, you take those into consideration. Like, you don't think about that kind of stuff. At you know, when you, when you can see with both eyes, you're like, oh yeah, you know, normal everyday thing. And then you don't see anything at all. Um, you know, in your left eye, it's it's a little bit trickier you know the biggest thing is like for me was like figuring out where my needle's sitting and what my angles are and making sure it's coming out straight yeah um i guess it's like it's hard to explain i mean if that makes sense kind of how i said like dropping your needle right on the dot
1: no it, um, it totally makes sense you know but I, I i you know i wouldn't want people listening to the show to think that you're doing something unusual or irresponsible because i i do a pretty similar thing when i'm when i'm doing freehand piercings you know like i if you hold the needle a certain way you can actually press it against the skin without making you know a, a cut or you know a damage or, or anything like a like a painful sensation so i don't think it's it's too unusual but it must have been really difficult to go from you know a full sighted body piercer with years of experience and having to to change or adapt, you know, I would, I would think that if you kind of started a career with, with a disability like that, you would be able to kind of, you know, build off of that foundation, you know, but if it's something where you'd been working for years, and you had this injury later in life, I think that must have been much, much more difficult to, to get comfortable with it kind of that second time around.
0: Yeah, and it was already a situation for me where when I first started piercing, my apprenticeship with Gart was garbage. Um, you know, it was a, a crash course in, hey, here's sharp object, here's skin, make hole, put metal in. Mm-hmm. Um, so learn, I was already relearning a lot of techniques at that point, um, you know, from meeting other piercers and talking to other piercers and, you know, scrolling like the, the forums and everything, trying to find a better, you know, learn the proper ways to do things already – um, and I had been doing very well at doing that. And then, you know, you have, it's a complete stop and it's like, okay, now you have to relearn again to figure out how to incorporate those techniques into a, a way to make it easier for you to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely frustrating, you know, cause I'm already, you know, relearning everything as is, you know, kind of on my own cause I didn't have like a mentor there to, you know, really reteach me. So it was a lot of like you know, ask questions, read, watch and do everything and then apply it to how I, you know, my own technique. And then, okay, now I got to take this technique. How do I work that in with only having half, half my vision? Right. Um, so it was a lot of, a lot of time sitting at home, uh, messing with like the little rubber silicone, you know, like the nose and the, like the tongue and the ear mm-hmm. like pieces you can buy on Amazon and other websites. Um, sitting there messing with those, you know, and like looking and kind of like just pushing the needle, you know, marking things out, setting the needle on the dot, making sure, you know, for nostrils, making sure the receiving tubes are actually lined up. Because when I first started doing that, I noticed that I wasn't lining up my uh, receiving tube. Visually, it looked like I, I had everything lined up. And then I pushed and I completely missed my receiving tube. And I was like, well, how did that happen? And then you know, you start you, you realize your brain is seeing things a little bit differently now. Sure, yeah. Um, so then I, I have I found ways to readjust that a little bit. You know, I've actually it's funny I applied for that um, kind of setup. I applied the uh, piercing from the inside out, uh, where you choke up on your needle, on um, you know, you line up on the dot on the outside. You choke mm-hmm. up on the needle. Well, I started doing that with my receiving tube to make sure that. My fingers are actually making, you know, guiding my receiving tube to be lined up where I want. I can slide that up under and then I can make sure I'm – since then I haven't had an issue missing my, you know, my receiving tube.
1: Yeah, well, that's a cool um, trick too.
0: Yeah, I mean I've, I've started doing um, some, you know, inside out stuff again, slowly but surely, kind of reincorporating that back into – because I, I started doing that before my eye injury, um, you know, seeing guys doing the, the nostrils inside out and the lips inside out. So now it's a, it's been okay, and now I'm back on, you know, track with doing my normal piercing technique that I had, just with a little bit of a, you know, a variation to it, and then now I'm starting to work towards, you know, doing the inside out stuff, the inside out nostrils and lips. Um, I actually just did an inside out lip the other day. Uh, it came out nicely. Of course, I didn't get pictures because, you know, that's how that that works. But oh, that's okay.
1: I my 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 thing with pictures is uh, I have a billion pictures of like cool, fancy ear piercings. But if somebody wants to see just like a a well-executed typical piercing, a lip or a nose or an eyebrow or something like that, it's like I'd be shocked if I even had two pictures, let alone one. Yeah.
0: And that's, I think that's what I'm going to start doing more is actually get more pictures of those just so I can look back at them and, you know, figure out, okay, what I, what I, you know, your normal, you know, you should always critique your own work, um, and you know, maybe even show like simple things to other people to have them critique it. For me, like especially starting to do the inside out, you know, technique, you know, having people look at it and say, you know, s- tell me what they see, you know, so I can kind of get more input on it. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a whole different ball game now, like with my eye and everything, and trying to do it that way. I mean, hell, even when I first started doing it with both eyes, it was still. Like watching like Ryan Feegan do an inside out nostril and just like blink and it's done uh, was already blowing my mind. So I was you know learning and kind of practicing with both eyes. Doing it with one eye, I that's it's it's still scary at for you know starting off to do that. So it's been a slow process to figure out how to do it. Um, it's not something I do very often, um, just because I'm so set on my other techniques and I, I think I kind of limit myself a little bit on what I'm wanting to do mm-hmm. just cause I know that like, okay, visually I can't do certain things. You know, I stick to a lot of simpler techniques and simpler like ear projects and stuff.
1: Do, things do that I know feel that like I can that's, do. Do you feel like that's something, you know, you, you'd work on and practice on and eventually you'd start feeling more comfortable with those things or, or do you think that it's going to be, more of a, a limitation to you in the future with certain stuff?
0: Um, I'm going to I'm torn on it. Like I want to continue doing them. I've, I've, didn't, I've done some ear projects since, you know, that, that require, you know, like triples and stuff that require being everything lined up nicely. And I, I've done them very well. Um, I think those I'm starting to feel more comfortable with doing. I think there's certain things like the, the paired nostrils, are my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that, I mean, it's, and it's it's a simple pierce. I mean, it's like a simple setup piercing that we're doing. You know, it's a nostril. You're just lining it up with the other nostril. Um, I'm just, my, my fear of seeing it and everything, you know, of like, do I have it lined up properly? Is it going to be straight? Everything look even? Right. Um, I mean, that's anybody's, any piercers fear is like, okay, are your paired nostrils lined up properly? But I think you, you overthink it a little bit more
1: oh sure yeah because
0: you're I mean, like oh okay now my eyes you know aren't working the way they should okay this is what i need to do um luckily at conference actually aj goldman uh was talking to me a little bit and he made some some suggestions of like how he does his his paired nostrils and i haven't i haven't had an opportunity to do that yet um just because we don't have a lot of people in our area asking for paired nostrils but you know, he told me a technique with using like a pin taper in the nostril and everything so he can see visually see where that nostril sitting and everything's pointing mm-hmm. um, and see if that will actually help me line everything up on the new one or on the second one. So I think that's something I'm going to try out because um, I, I don't want to be limited, obviously, you know, in the future with anything that I'm doing. But there is always that reality that certain things I just won't be able to do. I just I haven't I guess I haven't been put into a, a full situation yet where I haven't had to kind of really worry on the piercing. The shop that I work at we do a lot of simple things. You know it's a lot of nostrils, a lot of like ear piercings, earlobes, you know conch, tragus, stuff like that. Um, but even those have been the marking process and you know changing how I mark and everything to make sure everything is gonna line up nicely. Um, tragus piercings. I used to just dot it, and that would be good. Now I do where I'll I'll dot the, you know the front of the tragus, and along the very you know edge of where I want my needle to go straight back, I'll draw that line now, you know, going all the way back to the back side of the tragus, uh, so I can visualize where I have to push my needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as where before I didn't really need to do that because it wasn't really something I thought about. It was like, oh, cool, needle straight back. How I how things are viewed for me drawing that line makes it a lot easier now i can see i can visualize that the needle has to go a certain way um that like i said depth perception there that's it's a tricky part there when you're like up close to something like that it's a little bit weird you see things a little bit differently than what you normally would so having the the guidelines there now which for pictures, obviously, it doesn't look so great with all this marker on there. But at the end of the day, that piercing is going to come out straight now because I'm, I'm, you know, drawing out my grid lines and I can visualize that better.
1: Sure. I mean, um, whatever, whatever works. That's, you know, that's the thing that I always try to talk to piercers about when it comes to marking, too, is like it doesn't matter if you want to draw a whole picture on somebody. You know, if it helps the, the piercing uh, come out better, you know, why not?
0: Yeah, that's, that's actually, um, one of the big debates with me and the other piercers. He likes tiny little dots at Mm -hmm. the shop. Um, I cannot see the tiny little dots anymore. So, like, we have a, a shop apprentice there, um, who will help us, you know, we're teaching her marking and stuff right now. So it's for her, it's like she's marking for, you know, Derek to do his tiny little dots and then she'll come and mark, you know, an earlobe or something for me. And I'm like, where's my dot? And she's like, it's right there. I'm like, I darken that up for me a little bit, and you know, that's like a, that's a hard part of like, I used to mark tiny little dots because it was no big deal, but now it's like I can't do tiny little dots. I have to have my big fat dots so I can see where my markings and stuff are. But
1: um, well, you know, I, I I'm not I'm never I'm not gonna tear somebody apart for for marking you know because you can always just take an alcohol wipe or a saline wipe and wipe that stuff off so you know i remember when i was younger in my piercing career especially when i was doing paired stuff you know paired lips or paired eyebrows surface piercings things like that i would draw absurd stuff you know i would draw you know, 12-inch long grids on people to, to get, like, something perfectly lined up. So I, I don't I don't see that as a, a negative in any way. It probably feels weirder for you because, you know, you had those years of, of piercing experience where you're doing these, like, minimal marks and now you're doing more, so it might feel stranger. But I, I wouldn't say that that's a, a negative in any way.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely don't... I guess I don't view it as a negative. It's kind of a... It, it is kind of a bummer for me, like... Because I was getting to a point where less, you know, marking less was, you know, what I was able to do. And it, it does kind of feel like a step back a little bit, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's like I said, you know, you're making sure you're getting the the proper markings down to get the end result that you want. Right. Um, you know, yeah, it takes a little bit longer. I mean, that's one of the hard parts is like, I'm a little bit slower of a piercer now. Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely was not fast compared to a lot of the guys out there, um, even back then, but. I definitely know I'm a little bit slower. Um, luckily, my boss and the shop I work for, they are awesome about that. They get it. They know I need to take some extra time to mark out everything and make sure everything's done properly. But I mean, it works out for me because it gives me a little more time with the customer to be able to explain aftercare and walk them through things a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Whereas if you're in a spot where you're you know, constantly in and out, in and out, you don't have that chance to really talk to the customer. So I think one negative has turned into a positive. It's given me a chance to work on my bedside manner a little bit too with customers, having more time with them. Um, And that's something I get a lot of compliments on now is, you know, how I'm, my, my time spent with customers is a little bit better. Um, And I, I do attribute that to having to take my, my time a little more, um, be a little bit slower on things, but you know, that's, that is part of it. It does suck. You know, obviously when we're getting, when we do get busy, you know, you have a, a lot of customers waiting and stuff, and they don't always understand why they're waiting. And it's, you know, I'm not gonna come out there and explain, well, hey, I'm half blind, bear with me. You know, we do crack jokes about it every once in a while. You know, say telling the customers like I'm a little bit slower. You know, but don't worry, if we're you know we take our time here, obviously. But that's like that's the hardest part is being a little bit slower than other piercers.
1: Um, yeah. Well, so. yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's coming from a place of frustration mostly because even in even in my shop you know like I've been piercing longer than Evan so you know I'm gonna have a, a, a quicker workflow but you know he still provides an excellent service and I think at the end of the day you know if clients walk out the door and they've got a smile on their face and they said you know Evan or Brandon or Ryan did a great job I don't think they're gonna remember if they waited five minutes or 15 minutes so you know I, I don't think there's anything wrong with with taking your time I think sometimes maybe we set unrealistic expectations for, you know, get them in, get them out, you know, being, being robots, but you know, we're people. So I I think people are going to be understanding of that.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I have awesome customers, you know, they're very happy with the services, services they've gotten. You ask customers, ask you, and I mean, when I first, first started piercing, I had some customers who were a little iffy. Um, When they first met me, they're like, Oh, He's wearing an eye patch. Is this, you know, a trend? Is this legitimate?
1: Like, I yeah, can tell like, him it's a fashion accessory.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I thought, you know, I talked about like pirates and stuff. So I figured I'd dress up for the occasion. But yeah, they, you know, they first see me with an eye patch. They're like, everybody's like, wait a minute. He's going to pierce me. And it's like, yeah, you know, I didn't explain the situation, like, you know, what happened to me and everything like that. I think once I start talking to them and everything, they kind of the whole idea of like somebody who's half blind is about to do a piercing on me kind of goes out of their head and everything. And I kind of am able to get them to feel a little more comfortable with the fact of everything. um, Luckily I have a a portfolio I can show them and say, yeah, you know, this is my work. What do you think? You know, you still get customers like that that are a little iffy about it. Um, I'm sure I've had customers who said, no, I'd rather get pierced by Derek because they're worried that I may not be able to do a piercing. So proper, you know, the proper way. Which is perfectly fine. It gives Derek more piercings to do. Gives me a little bit of a break. Um, I do have customers who ask me um, all the time about it, and I, I'm more than happy to tell them what happened. Like, um, especially with the little kids that come in, like uh, we do a lot of earlobes by us, and I'll explain. You know, parents will ask, like, you know, oh, what happened to your eye? And then I tell them what happened to BB gun and everything, and then I can tell the kids, and that's why we don't play with BB guns. Um, right.
1: Yeah. That's a so, that's a life lesson right there.
0: Yeah. But, and that's like with kids, like that's a hard one too. Cause like, you know, you have a six year old that comes in and you're like, oh, they're all excited for an earlobe piercing. And then I come out and you're like, oh crap, a pirate, what's going on here? <laughs> um, so I've had some kids that weren't stoked seeing me, um, obviously with like the eye patch and everything. Um, and I'm pretty sure that it played into why they didn't get pierced that day, but I can I can you know understand as a you know when I was a kid I didn't like clowns and other scary freaky things so but I'm I'm pretty good with kids though so that works out you know I'm I'm usually pretty good about getting kids past that point and getting them into the room and everything and from there it's a whole different ballgame whether or not they're gonna sit for the piercing or not but mm-hmm. so it's I don't know like there is still frustrations for me. You know, my eye, my good eye, does get strained a lot quicker now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where a lot of my frustration does come from throughout the day. Um, Especially on, like, a busier day when we're working so much. You know, for a piercer, like, that can go all day just fine. You know, my day, by, like, you know, halfway through the day, my eye's starting to really bother me. Like, my good eye, Mm because it's working so much to, you know, to compensate for the other eye. That's a little bit frustrating. There's not much I can do about that. There's, I mean, there's no like eye exercises I can do. You know, that's just kind of part of it. But I'm getting used to that and I'm trying to work past those frustrations because it's only been a few years since it happened. So it's like there's still a lot of frustrations that I have to deal with Um, just in general of the whole thing happening. You know, I have my days where I'm just like, I get pretty pissed off about him. Like, you know, why the hell did this happen to me? Yeah. Like, you know, what exactly did I do? Like, did I do something that bad in life that, you know, I deserve to kind of, you know, lose my vision and everything? But, you know, you know, you get people to tell you, well, you know, it's, things happen for a reason and everything. I'm like, well, aside from having a really cool Halloween costume. <laughs> I haven't figured out exactly what's going on why this happened, but... Ugh,
1: man. I would I would just want to track down the asshole that was playing around with the BB gun and just, like, stab him in the eye with a pencil.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's funny is I know... Um, I mean, for the first few years, I knew where the one guy worked, um, one of our restaurants, like, one of the local restaurants. And there were times when we'd walk past there, um, you know, me and my wife or whatever, and, like, I really just wanted to go in there and, like, you know, beat the guy's ass. But, like, I was like, well, what is that going to solve, though? Yeah. Um, you know, that guy, he has his whole life. You know, and, like, I'm not, at this point, I'm not mad at him. You know, what happened, happened. Um, dumb decision. I've made plenty of dumb decisions in my life. His, you know, the stuff that he now has to go through himself, you know, for his decisions that he made um you know being a felon um he actually got kicked out of college because he was a student of the college of that town that we were in and they were like yeah that's obviously not good so i know he had gotten pulled from the school um so that's a big life changer for him too so hopefully like you know for him it was a good life lesson to maybe you know don't do stupid things like that but
1: you're you're a lot more uh rational and and maybe not forgiving, but you're, you're a lot calmer with this than I think I would, I would be, it must've been really frustrating for you. Those, those first couple of months or years.
0: Yeah. Um, I think like the the biggest fear I had was not being able to pierce at all. Um, the first few, like the first few months, like I was just like in a, like a zone where I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I have no other skill after this. Like, you know, yeah, sure. I can go probably learn something, but body piercing is what I like to do. That is like my first interest um, right. that I can remember even as a little kid, like getting my first ear piercing and doing the old old school pierce myself and parents would not let me have a lip piercing. So we did it. We figured out a way to do it, you know, kind of thing. But that was like the biggest fear. Um, so there was a lot of depression at that point where it was just like, what do I do? Like the surgery was – there was a surgery option on the table – that they couldn't guarantee and -hmm. that was going to cost me a lot of money. You know, they couldn't promise me anything with the surgery that it was going to work. You know, it it ended up being where I turned it down, but like I wasn't, you know, I was like, well, do I do this? You know, how do I, you know, do I go about doing this surgery? And hopefully it works and I can get back to piercing and doing other stuff. But it just, you know, after really talking to the doctors and seeing the cost of money and everything, it just did not make sense. Mm -hmm. And once that was finally decided, That it didn't make sense for me to do. That's when I was really like, okay, what am I gonna do now? Like, I, you know, hell, even driving a car was like scary. So, Hmm. like, piercing and all this other stuff was just not on the table. I did, I didn't think at the time. And like I said, but having, you know, other piercers that I had a chance to talk to, you know, there's a few other ones that have, you know, vision issues like Lynn Lohide, Um, like I said, uh. Uh, Tyler Hemmingson was the big one. Um, he was very blunt about it. When he messaged me, he was just like, dude, get your head out of your ass and start piercing again. He's like he's like, Don't let this stop you from doing it. And like I said, I was I still had my concerns and everything, but Tyler was a big part of why I was able to get back to piercing. His uh his not so motivational messages of <laughs> quit being a dumbass and you know, get your ass out there and do it. Uh, was definitely helpful so i definitely thank him for that because like had he not done that and got you know in my inbox and told me to to go out there and do it i don't think i would have um because i had other piercers telling me oh yeah just do it just do it but that was coming from piercers who i guess didn't you know see kind of how i what i was going through i guess like you know they you know for me it was like well they have both their eyes like what do they know Mm -hmm. um you know, so having patients who obviously are going through this already telling me, like, hey, if I can do this, you can. And, yeah, that's that was, like, the big push I needed.
1: That's great. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's important that if you see someone struggling with something that you've struggled through, you know, whether it's a disability or whether it's... You know, overcoming addiction, or whether it's just struggling with with learning a career. You know, that's why it's important to reach out. And I, I guess you know, not to bring it back around, but maybe that's one of the better things about social media is you know we're we're all kind of interconnected. You know, piercers, West Coast, East Coast, different countries or something like that. You know, you can you can kind of have these people with shared experiences where you can reach out and say like, hey, you know, I, I could I could use some help, or they can reach out and say, hey, you know, I see that you might need a little motivation, you know, and I've, I've dealt with something similar. So I guess maybe social media is not the worst thing in the world, but.
0: I mean, yeah, uh, I've definitely, some of the connections I've made through like with other piercers. um, So seeing guys like Tyler and Andy, um, you know, you got solo and Lynn, you know, seeing all these piercers who are going through the same thing you are and seeing the stuff that they're doing, that's a, that's a big boost of motivation right there. You're just like, okay, well, you know, if Tyler can do this and Lynn can do this, like, why can't I do this, you know? Right. And having having that, like, I guess those connections and everything is really nice. Um, you know, seeing the stuff they're posting up, the work they're doing, you know, it's a good boost that people, you know, you can use. Um, so, yeah, social media does have its good, you know, spots and everything. Sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes, obviously. But, like, it was, you know, it was good for me, I guess, to get back in, Meeting other piercers and stuff because I didn't I didn't even know about a lot of these piercers who are going through you know like the vision issues um, and just a long list of other you know disabilities within our industry that we don't even like people don't even realize.
1: Sure. Um, well, you know I, I think I, again to bring it back to the social media that's one of the worst things of it is is people kind of imply that they're they're perfect or that you need to strive for perfection or something like that but you know we've all got different stuff in front of us adversities and different things like that whether it's mobility issues vision issues auditory issues you know different medical conditions that you have to manage and and live with and work around you know so it's important to to share those experiences and conversations you know and maybe uh, somebody out there in the world will listen to this episode and and they'll be kind of thinking that their disability or their their challenge isn't going to be like world breaking, you know, that they can, that they can kind of stick to it and, and kind of move past it, you know, and hopefully that'll, that'll help some other people out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, there are other peers out there that go, are going through a lot of the same things that somebody else might be. And I'm, you know, at, at a point where I'm like, feel free to reach out if you have questions or, you know, if you want this, you know, if you need some extra motivation, all of us that I've, all the peers that I've talked to that are dealing with something, you know, physically, you know, kind of like limiting their abilities, um, have been great. Very, you know, they're very positive on like outlook on things and they'll give you a little bit extra boost of motivation that you might need to make the next step forward to do things. So,
1: Well, um, you know, this might be kind of like a natural transition to, to start wrapping it up. But if, if anybody out there listening wanted to maybe, get in touch with you and ask you some questions, you know, what's, what's the best way for them to, to get a hold of you?
0: Um, I don't, like I said, I don't have Facebook anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do have the messenger app uh, on there still um, just cause we do, we use that for like work purposes. Um, mm-hmm. So We have a like, little work group chat we use. Yep. Um, and I know you should be able to easily just kind of search me through there. Otherwise Instagram, you know, that's, I'm, I spend most of my days on there now. Um, what's
1: your, what's your Instagram handle?
0: Uh, it's uh, Brennan Downs Body Piercer. Okay. So, the um, well. easiest way to do it is just message me on there if you want. Um, but yeah, I'm always down to talk. And, you know, people have questions on how I do things a little bit differently. Um, I'm not the best at explaining them, but I, you know, I can throw the GoPro on my head and give me an extra eye to kind of show people what I do a little bit differently, um, which has I've been what I've been actually recording myself more now. Just so I can go back myself and see what I'm doing, but hopefully it's something I can, you know, show other people who have vision issues and need a little bit extra helping hand to figure out what they can do differently to make things a little bit easier for them.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. You know, recording it so you can kind of look back and say like, okay, well maybe I can tweak this or that. One thing I, I wanted to kind of share with you too, like earlier on, you were mentioning. Trouble specifically with paired nostrils and, you know, even someone someone with like stereoscopic perfect vision, you know, you can still have trouble with that. And what, what really helped me is rather than looking at the person straight on like face to face, I have them lay on their back and I stand above their head and I kind of look down at their nose. And that really helps me to line it up because it's just you have that different perspective where... You don't have those two curved planes of the nostril kind of moving away from you. You're looking at it from the top down so it looks like more of a flat plane. And I found that that really helps me mark paired nostrils.
0: Interesting. I'll have to uh, find somebody at the shop who doesn't already have their paired nostrils and see if I can mark on their face a little bit and try it that way.
1: Yeah, that's tough in the piercing world. I think it's like if you ever want to, like when I go and do classes, it's like, all right, well, who would want to get paired nostrils or a septum or that? And it's like everybody in the room has has those already.
0: Yeah, I might have to snag up one of the tattoo artists and draw on their face, which would be fun.
1: Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to to talk with me about it. This was a, a really good subject.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And, you know, I know you were talking about talking to a few other people, too, so...
1: Yeah, I definitely want to get maybe two or three other people, Um, you know, maybe I'll do like a, maybe a multi-part episode, you know, part one, part two kind of thing. I'd like to to talk to somebody with um, auditory issues and, you know, physical issues, things like that, and just kind of share just different stories about, you know, how you, how you work through it, you know, I think that could be really helpful for people. Well, um, I appreciate you talking to me, and uh, I'll let you know when this episode's going to go up online. All right, sounds good. All right, cool. Have a good day. All right, you too. Uh, Pretty inspiring to hear a story like that. You know, I I can't imagine... What I would what I would go through, you know, being in the same situation, you know, I, I have some parallels between our, our careers. You know, we got into it because we really like piercing and Brandon was working for years developing these techniques and then had that injury and then had to kind of relearn a lot of those techniques. So shows a lot of versatility, um, shows a really good comprehension of multiple facets of piercing. And that kind of adaptability, I think, might be rare. I think that might be enough to you know take people out of the the industry put them into a different career and i really uh want to give props to Brandon for showing that perseverance and working through it you know probably the the mental trauma of having an injury like that and you know what it would do to your confidence in in a, in a job like that where accuracy is so important uh... And, and then being able to come back from it must feel feel really good too so that's awesome brandon that you're still in it uh... and that you're you're working at the level you're working at and uh, i think it'd be really inspirational if there's anyone else out there who's struggling with any sort of visual impairments or limitations or anything to to know that it is something you can potentially work around you know hard work skill practice uh, all those things can can keep you moving forward uh, wherever you want to get uh... brandon was in one of my classes, uh, the Chicago class, I believe, and um, just a really smart person, really asking good questions, and really interested to see uh, different different techniques from different people, and and roll it into to what he's doing. So uh, that's really cool, Brandon, and I'm really glad that you gave me the suggestion to to do this episode. And next week I'll have another guest, uh, again Marie Fowler from Scotland. That one's already recorded, and we're going to talk about auditory impairments. Marie was born uh, deaf and has a, a cochlear implant that, that helps her hear uh, and you know w- how she works around any sort of limitations as far as certain things that maybe don't get picked up well or what happens when maybe her battery runs out on her implant so we talk about a, a good amount of different things and it's always just nice to talk to Marie in general because she's a really a pleasant person after that I will do an episode on physical impairments I don't have that one recorded yet uh, but I think that one will be a good series, uh, a good episode in the series, and I, I have someone in mind to uh, to talk to you about that. Uh, one one last thing, uh, I got put into Facebook jail because I was talking about uh, intimate body piercings on Facebook. You know, I have a, a private forum for continuing education for my my seminars, and I posted something about. Uh, An apodravia with a, a crushed needle technique in there, and I got a warning. I don't, you know, I don't even think it was someone that reported me. I think it was just their algorithm. You know, picked up a, a Wiener picture, and uh, I tried to, I tried to uh, say that I wanted a review, and they said that it was still violating the terms, even though it was a private educational forum, and. Then I started posting about the nipple class that I'm doing uh, at the Boston Tattoo Convention and got put in Facebook jail over it because I was talking about nipples. So it's really frustrating. I think the Facebook uh, privacy stuff, algorithm, security stuff, whatever, is going a bit too far. a little frustrating. Uh, makes me maybe rethink promoting other nipple classes in the future. You know, am I going to offer nipple classes that I have to try to promote on Facebook to get people to show up? Uh, or Or do I just leave those for conferences or what? But anyway, Facebook, uh, another check on the uh, the annoying column for you uh, thanks a lot that's it for this week i'll be back next week continuing this series and thanks for tuning in for more information about the show visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like piercingwizardpodcast on facebook for more info about your host visit precisionbodyarts.com or search ryan pba on facebook instagram and tumblr If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC, all rights reserved.